Are you tired of average results and ready to achieve extraordinary success in your, in your business? Join us as we uncover the strategies and insights that will propel you to new heights in your business journey. You don't want to miss tonight's show. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Better Your Business Show. I'm Natalie Essman, the founder of Your Money Expert, and I am absolutely thrilled to introduce you to my amazing co-host, Shanna Mavis, the founder of The Coach for Business. And tonight we are diving deep into the secrets of entrepreneurial success. So get ready to level up your business game. But we cannot do it alone. We need your active participation and support. So if you know an entrepreneur who wants to see tonight's show, make sure you tag them in the comments and make sure you give us a like, share, and subscribe. So Miss Mavis, <laughs> you excited? I am, but I'm always excited on Thursday nights because you're going to introduce me in such a way that makes me feel good. And um, I always learn something. And even, and I, I guess I should be careful with how I say this. Tonight's guest, we have been on opposite sides of points at some, <laughs> at one time. There was, I remember being on a call with him and he was just like, um, you were my favorite person until now. <laughs> so I'm excited to see how this is going to play out tonight. I did become his favorite person again. I just want to point that out. I mean, I'm not his family or what have you, but I did win him over during that call. I do want to say that. So yeah, it'll be good because the conversation that we started having, you know, in the pre-show combo was really interesting thinking about what is success? What does that really mean? And it's something different for each of us. Like your um, idea of success I, you know, is that freedom of time, right? You, you've mentioned that so many times. So that's tied into um, what you would consider your business being successful. For me, you know, looking at that, being able to help people, um, it's part of who I am. It's who I'm called to be. Um, it's how God made me. That to me is a success. Um, if I can see my clients or my family be successful and I get to spend time doing what I love and hanging out with people and not feeling necessarily chained to a desk, even though I spend a lot of time there, um, I don't feel that way. So success for me looks a lot different than many other people. Um, I, I do like money and it would be great, you know, when, <laughs> when I have more of that, then well, I'll always know what to do with it, right? Because I pray about everything. So <laughs> there's no doubt about that. But it'll be great when, you know, that's in abundance, but that's not necessarily to me what what makes my Can I stop you real fast because it's always in abundance. It's always in abundance. True that. That's the the I think the biggest block is that we have is too, it's we think it's not always in abundance or um, 
we don't realize that we're not bringing more money into our life. And this is the biggest thing because we haven't been good stewards of what we have yet to be able to expand on it, right? We have to understand the basics to be able to expand. And so that's really one of the reasons why I'm always talking about it, because you got to have that the basics in place, right? It's like that one show on football where he says, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to totally kill it. But he's like, <laughs> if anybody does put in the comments, he's, I forget, he's like, let's get back to basics. Like this is a football, right? And so that's where we have to get started because then we can expand. Once that expansion is open, all that abundance, it has a place to go. Until then, it doesn't have any place to go. You have said that to me before. And obviously, I still haven't gotten that language in my head right. But I appreciate it. And I do want other people to hear that because there, there is a difference. And it is that um, I was talking to my cousin and it was the perspective. I was talking about how my vision for um, there's a foundation I want to start. My vision for that feels so far away. And she's like, because you're looking at it from the wrong vantage point. Look at it from there to where you are versus from here where it feels like it's so far out in the distance. So um, yeah, it is a mindset shift that needs to still happen. And that's why I'm here Thursday nights. I mean, that's <laughs> it's always doing. happening for all of us, right? That's the beauty of life and growing. There's always <laughs> a next level. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to go ahead and bring him in? Do you want to introduce yes, him? I'm excited to hear you just you two disagree live. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. No, I, I love hearing from him. I think he brings a lot of wisdom to the table. I mean, I shared when we were having pregame, I, there are times in my life where I think about the last time he was on the show. There's not a lot of people have done that, but he gave me such a shift. And it was interesting because I read this book. Um, it's called um, John Maxwell. I think it's talent isn't enough. And basically saying, oh, talent doesn't win when out, hard work will always trump talent basically is what he's saying. And um, so anyways, I just really put things in perspective when we had him on the show. I always, I think back on it often. So I'm excited for tonight. All right. Do you want to tell him who he is? Yes. So we have the founder and CEO of Sovereign Company by Mr. J. We have Daniel back in the house. <laughs> Welcome to season six, and thank you for being here with us tonight. Of course. Yeah, I'm always excited to be back on the show with you guys. I had a lot of fun last time. Well, good. Awesome. We talk about, obviously, one of our favorite subjects, right? <laughs> yeah, and I just love arguing with Shanna, so it should be, it should be interesting. We were arguing. It had something to do with sales. Um, I, I cannot remember what it was. Oh, I was, no, I was saying that I didn't feel like CEOs should be selling. And he was oh, know, yeah. arguing with me because I was like, I'm going to argue with anyone every time that they tell me that your CEO should be, you know, that deep and that deeply involved after a certain point. Right. Recognizing that as entrepreneurs, most of us come into this wearing every hat. So I do need to have basic understanding. I do need to know a lot. I need to know everything about my business, but I need to be preparing to pass that along to team members. Right. Um, I didn't want CEOs going through this track and this um, getting so deeply involved in um, every sales strategy, every process, all of the learning and knowledge that you can gain as a salesperson. I didn't want the CEOs that went through this educational institution that we are trying to put together um, 
I didn't want them going through a track that got them so bogged down in the details that they forgot that they're supposed to be casting vision. They're supposed to be doing something different in their organization because if they're out there so focused on what the sales team is doing, who's doing the things that they should be doing? So that was where we, um, uh, until I got that part out, he was ready to fight me. I just want to point that out. <laughs> well, hold up, hold up, hold up. So hold on a second. I So I remember my, my rebuttal. I remember exactly what I said to overturn this. And the, the point that I made was that everything that you do as an entrepreneur, as the CEO, is scaled from sales. Every skill set that you develop in the beginning as a salesperson, because you are usually the one selling for your own business, Right. Those uh, that ability to communicate and to influence people is going to serve you dividends on the back end as you scale and become a more and more um, a larger company. And then you have employees and staff and people, you know, all the stuff that you do to win over clients and win over prospects and over leads are all the same stuff you're going to use to have critical conversations with your team and to maintain the balance. And, and so that's what I was saying is like, you need the nuance. You need the you need the sophistication of of, of that that skill set and communication in order to be an effective leader down the road. All effective leaders are good communicators because that's ninety percent of what you're doing. The best leaders are superfluous, right? So, if you can't communicate to your team adequately enough to get them to run the business when you're not around, you don't have a business. You have a really expensive job, and right. so that was my point. And we're both right. I'm a little bit more right, but uh, we're both right. Okay, and see, that's where I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you again, <laughs> again, Daniel. But but uh, we'll 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 move on to how to be successful in entrepreneurship, um, and I'll try not to correct you if if I hear you say something wrong. Uh, no, no, this is a good. Uh, it's a conversation that needs to be had because, again, like we were talking about before, you know what what does success really mean and. Um, People need to define that for themselves, right? They need to really look at that and think about it. Because Natalie, you brought up an excellent point. To what end, right? What are you doing all of these things for? You're you're looking, and and Daniel, you talked about this as well. You're seeing someone else, and you're feeling like that's what success really looks like, without factoring in what's happening in their lives, without factoring in all that it took for them to get there. But we want to have that conversation, and and really. Um, hopefully cause business owners to think about what success means and what they're willing to sacrifice it or do to get there. Um, is that 80 hours a week? Is that, you know, 10 hours a week because I want more of my time. So that means I need to make more money in that 10 hours a week in order to be able to maintain a certain standard of living or what have you. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts, Daniel. Let's start with you answering the question. How how can you be successful in entrepreneurship? Um, well, first off, I want to say that's a loaded question. Um, and mostly because, you know, you're what you're asking really is it's like spirituality, right? It's such a personal thing that you're having. Um, it's it's a relationship with with success at the same relationship you're going to have with like whatever you believe about reality, whether you believe in God or you believe in the universe or science, whatever it is, it's the same thing with success, right? Like what does success mean to you? You know, um, I forget who said it or where I heard it from, but 
it was used in, in regards to um, winning over um, your people when you're a leader and, and you have people underneath you is, you know, meeting them where they are and what aligning your goals as a company with the people that are following you. And so for each person, it's going to be different. Some people want novelty. Some people want movement, right? They want to be able to travel the world and live wherever they want to live and have that lifestyle. Some people want to be able to spend time with their family. Some people are like solely status driven and, and it's, a, it's so much about money. And so all of those people are going to have widely different definitions of what success is to them. And for me, I'm more movement. I just want to be able to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. Um, I like that flexibility. I like that opportunity. If I want to go hang out in Fiji for you know three weeks, uh, I can. I can bring a laptop and still crush it and make a lot of uh, business moves and, and, and make a lot of money. Um, but you know, that's going to, that's going to dictate what your action items have to be to get to that goal. Right. And so if you're status driven, um, yeah, you're going to work 80, 90 hours because you have to outwork your competition, right? You're solely competitive. That is your entire definition of success versus someone like me. Movement is more important to me. I really don't care about status. I really don't care what people think about me for the most part other than, you know, being, you know, reputable and, and, and respectful and, and having that reciprocated. But, you know, I, I don't care if you don't, if you think I'm the next Grant Cardone, if you think I'm the next this, the next that, it, it doesn't bother me anyway, as long as I'm making the money that I want to make and I have the lifestyle I want, um, I'm happy. And so when you, when you ask that question, you know, how to become successful, you, you kind of have to reverse engineer the question where it's like, okay, what's the goal? What, what are, what are, what do I want? Right? What's the vision for the future? And then if your future, if your vision is crystallized enough, you don't have to think about the day to day so much. It's just, okay, that's what I'm going. That's the direction. And I can focus on the micro steps to get there. And you can determine how fast you want to get there by how much you want to work or how smart you are or what other resources you have at your disposal. Um, recently I've been getting very lazy and enjoying it because i'm actually finding out that being lazy is forcing me to be a more effective decision maker and more efficient in the things that i'm doing because i'm giving myself less time to do them i used to work 90 100 hours a week and we were talking about this backstage i was losing health that was the main thing i was sacrificing was yeah. my health and so i'm like well if, I, if i'm not healthy right i have nothing i can't do this anyway so let me fix this. And I went a different direction. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually getting better results than I did before when I was working more, I'm getting more done in less time. And so I'm working smarter rather than harder. Um, so for me personally, success is plenty of disposable income, um, lots of freedom and flexibility and time with the things that matter most to me. What about you, Natalie? I mean, for me, it's very similar. I think that um, most people know that for me, time is everything. I I'm, I always have said in my life, you know, I want to have it all. I want to have it all. And well, that means having it all right. That's one thing I've learned. That means the good and the bad if you want to have it all right. And so one thing that that taught me was really to get clear on what does all look like for me, right? I think especially being in finance, most people haven't taken the time to put a number behind 
what does having it all look like for me? And what I would say is the number is probably smaller than you think and more attainable than you think as well. But because there hasn't been thought put behind it, how do you even know what that looks like or how to get there? So for most people, I would say that needs to be that starting point. What would your life look like at that dollar amount or, you know, and for me personally, you know, the other thing would be, how can I buy back my time? How can I start creating passive income from that? That is also something else, you know, I'm just always going to look at because, again, that gives freedom of time. But that number is that number is different for everyone. And that's what I've seen that is the most people are most deceived on what that number is. What you're actually talking about, though, is vision. Right. Like you're, you're still bringing up vision. And I think that's the number one thing that most companies struggle with, especially early on when they're creating a brand strategy or some sort of strategy for their company is they don't think about, first off, they don't understand what a vision statement is supposed to be about or a mission statement or your values for that matter. Um, and so they mess up on the vision statement and they're not realizing that a vision statement is supposed to be what your company would look like in 30, 40, 50 years if everything went exactly the way you thought it was going to right yeah. what would you accomplish and the reason why it's so important to get that and to to like crystallize that in your mind is because it it relieves you of the the panic and the everyday decisions to try to navigate and figure that out to get there it's like no you figure that out first right what is your purpose what gets you up in the morning why are you doing this and where are you going and when you have the macro understood then it's just actions. You don't have to worry about results so much. The results will come so long as you do the right actions. And it, it just alleviates all of that stress and like frantic energy of like, I'm not making it, I'm not close enough, I didn't do the right thing, I'm not, you know, um, which is usually what kills everyone is they're just like, I don't, just con mass confusion. They're constantly making decisions out of fear rather than, no, this is just the next decision I have to make. I knew I was gonna come here. I could see my goal. It was down that way. And I could see all the stuff in between me in that in that goal. So I knew that obstacle was going to be there. So you became um, one of my favorite people when you started talking about vision. And Natalie, I think you're the only person that's read the ebook so far that, that I've written. But that's where it first starts for me. That's what I was looking at. And I think um, a lot of entrepreneurs need to be aware of that, that um, that's where it all starts. It's that understanding. And I like to think of it more as a narrative versus just a statement. It is looking at the picture of what your business looks like. When my cousin was talking to me about that vantage point, it was, you're already there. I've already built this foundation. What does that look like? And then working my way backwards from there, instead of um, it being so far away, or in many cases for business owners, it's really that lack of understanding because I don't know where it's going. I don't know when I've made it there. So I keep doing things over and over and I'm trying this thing, trying that thing. And a lot of that is because I really haven't taken the time to sit down and say, what does this look like? That's um, again, could be what does success really, what does my business look like? How are my clients feeling? Um, how are my employees feeling? How big is this company to that? It's to that level of detail and I went through this exercise, as I want to say 2019, we went through a vision building exercise. Um, the company had been in business for so many years, but um, as a group you know, of employees, we sat down and we crafted the vision for the company looking forward the next few years. And I always start with new business owners. Let's, let's look at a year. 
let's let's talk about what that looks like even a year from now um, so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming but really taking a look and saying okay this is what this is going to look like for me and that's when i'll know that that i've made it i don't want to take any steps we can set goals that will align with that we can set milestones that will align with those and so it's just taking those steps toward what we've already seen that we've accomplished right so yes Mr. J, you just became one of my favorites. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like a string of pearls, right? Like if you have the purpose, the why, and then the vision where we're going, right? You have the direction and then you have your compass and everything else between where you are and that vision is just a little pearl that could strung along until it's this completed thing and, and, and it's beautiful and whatever, you know, we can complete the analogy from there, but it, it without the two anchor points of the why and the where you can't do anything in between it's confusing right because you can't align like you have, you have no frame of reference you have nothing to align all of your other points to you know people constantly use values the wrong way in their business where they use value as, as like keywords to just like kind of stick in there innovation honesty integrity it's like that's not a value that is SEO. Like that doesn't help anybody. No one knows what you're talking about. Values have to be actionable. We believe in innovation and we've created a found, uh, um, an environment that supports innovative thinking, right? That's a value. That's something that someone can get behind. They know, oh, I can take risks here. I can, you know, color outside the lines. And this is the kind of place where I'm going to be rewarded for doing that, right? your brand strategy and and that document that you use that deck that you use isn't just for external use and for clients and you know prospects it's also for internal use it's for your organization to align themselves with your brand and your brand identity in order to act accordingly so everyone's cohesive everyone's saying the same thing everyone's acting in the same way and you know there's that age-old um, um adage of like no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care yeah. Right. It's like if you don't put in that effort to showcase the reality of, you know, what it is that we do here and then align that with the people that are following you and building your company for you, it's like you're not going to retain anyone. They'll leave. And so, you know, I forget what started this whole thing. But, yeah, there's your point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was something busy. that I appreciate from <laughs> what the two of you just said is because I, I consider myself a visionary type of person and usually where I'm challenged is on all those little things that you and Shannon both talked about, right? Sitting down, slowing down, planning it. I don't want to do it. I want to cast the vision. I'm in it. Like I am head in the clouds already. Right. And you know, pe I, people, the, some of the feedback that Shannon and I get most for the show, I get all the time is the dynamics between Shannon and I. Cause yeah, cause I'm always in the clouds and Shannon's like, put my feet on the ground, right? My husband's the same way, but I think it's so important. Even if you're not a visionary, let's just say you, but you know, you want something else. Well, then how can you still use a coach to help you cast vision? It's still the same thing, right? Maybe that's not your role in it, but it doesn't mean you still can't create something big. There's lots of yeah. uh, introverts with huge companies. Yeah, Natalie, um, um, she's famous for calling me and she is all fired up and ready to go. I mean, it everything is is done. And I'm like, but but wait, 
what about these things right here? <laughs> I love your excitement. And I mean, and I really do. She is like so on fire and in her mind, it all works out. But I'm like, but, but there's a few things and what are our goals and what are, I, you know, and she's like, it just pops my, my balloon, Daniel. <laughs> that's good, right? That's actually what you want in a company, in a structure, right? In any, in any functioning organization that lasts a long time, you're going to have those two energies and they have to complement one another, right? Yeah. You're going to have the visionary type who is sometimes a CEO, but sometimes they're not. Um, that's like all of the enthusiasm and energy and ideas and like, oh my God, we can do this, that, and the third. Most of them are incorrect just by the definition of creative output, right? Most creative thoughts are wrong, right? And so you're always taking a crapshoot whenever you try to implement them. And that's why you have like, it's usually like your CFO is usually the one that's more grounded. You know, they're looking at things in an analytical sense. And most of the time, if those two people are in the same company and they're trying to build it together, the, the, the analytical type is going to say no to most of the ideas of the creative type because they want things that are structured. They want it to work, right? They want a system that's replicable and you can do over and over again and stable over time. It's like, but the problem with that is, and, and this is why we have two party systems in America, it's, 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 it's literally a difference in thinking um between people and temperament is when things no longer work in the system that you've built already it is time to be creative and to think outside the box and to change something and so that the ebb and flow of like when to do that when to make the decision to be creative and when to make the decision to be conservative is the never-ending conversation between the two energies whether that's in your own mind which is what I'm like, which so you can imagine what my mind is like, this <laughs> constant contention internally, because I have a creative tilt and I, I have creative ideas, but I'm also highly practical. And I hate when I basically undermine my own ideas. So I'm like, well, if you, if you can't do that, that's going to blow up in your face. If this doesn't work, then this doesn't work. Right. Um, but it's trying to find that balance between those two things, which is what makes things last a really long time because you can get kind of, um, you, kind of you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. You can be creative, you can be innovative, you can try new things, but then you also have to temper that with discipline and you know practical applications. You know, even me and Shanna have gone through this where I had ideas and I was, you know, I was struggling to bring them to the table. I'm like, I don't know what they want and I don't wanna spend all this time working on stuff and then it just like, it doesn't go anywhere. And she's like, just prototype it. Just prototype it and send it to them. And if they like it, then you move forward. And I was like, I didn't even think about it like that. Thank you. That, that's actually really, that's actually really useful uh, advice. <laughs> it makes my life a lot easier. It does. Cause I think that that's the, it's that, that planning stage and, and we don't want to fall into the analysis paralysis, right? It, it's not about that, but it is about taking some of these more foundational steps that no one really likes to do, or there are, you know, cause I don't even necessarily like to do them. I want to move full speed ahead as well, but I learned, I think it was when I was in Oregon and, and I was running that business and we wanted to have the line, right? We wanted people lined up, ready to eat our food. And I became um, lovingly known and I'll have to share this with my friend, but she used to call me Lady Poo Poo all the time because every time she would come up with an idea, I'm like, nah, 
that's not going to work, <laughs> you know, or, I, you know, I would, but, and, and I know that she was thinking I was just shooting down ideas for the fun of it. And really it, it became so bad that it was like, but no, I've, I've already gone through this process. I've talked about this, or I know things that you don't necessarily know about it. And it, so it is coming together and I love getting the ideas and I love giving them, but I need someone to be lady poo poo to me too as well. Right. So it's, it, <laughs> there is a lot of merit in that just sitting back and saying, okay, what are the steps that we have to take to make this successful? To and, and what, again, does success mean? What does it look like when we launch your business? What does it look like when we, and we're going to do a grant soon, but what does that look like? How are we getting the word out? What are the legalities behind it? How is this going to impact the, the end user? How is that going to impact that business owner that gets it? What does that mean for us? So it's asking all of those questions and making sure that you're taking the steps to answer those. But um, yeah. I know that um, Natalie, I'm going to let you get your thought and then I'm going to get ready for just good business. So, well, we actually have somebody that asked a question from Instagram. So I wanted Ooh. to just, it's two peas in a pod, I believe is their Instagram name and it's for uh, Daniel. So what was the different direction and how did you do it? Um, I'm assuming that they're asking about like when I changed from uh, brand strategy and design and started going to the sales coaching, like as we moved into 2024 or. Yeah. Okay. You elaborate. Um, you, said you said you decided to shift because of COVID. You were talking about how. You oh, no, 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 no. That was completely different. No, COVID, COVID was the shift because I went full force into my fine art career. I had finally quit my last sales job and I was like, I, I want to be an artist full time. Like I'm tired of this. And I was in like my late 20s, I was like 28, so it was about seven, eight years ago. And um, and so I was I was like, okay, let's go. I started doing really well. I did an opening show that I put on myself. I made like four grand in my opening night, and then I made like 20 grand off of like one collector afterwards. And I had a bunch of different shows set up, and then COVID killed all of that. And so I built a company called Most Influential Art. And we started doing an online magazine that was internationally received. I was working with some of the top talent on the planet, um, people that were like doing master classes in Florence and Rome, Italy, and um, going to their like studios. And it was an amazing experience, but it still wasn't right. And I was just like, I created something okay. I actually- How do you know it wasn't right? I think is kind of her correct, correct uh, question. Why did you choose that direction? And then how did you know it wasn't right? Like what caused you to shift? How do you yeah. know you need to shift? So, I mean, there's a few things. For, for me, I knew it wasn't right because I wasn't getting the results that I was looking for. Like personally, like I wasn't, I couldn't measure up to the, the thing I was trying to do. And it was probably just, I didn't have the capital at the time. I wasn't at the right place in the time. I wasn't, I wasn't experienced enough at the time. Maybe in like a couple of years from now, I may have been, might be able to pull it off but it was just this massive machine that I just couldn't manage. And because I couldn't manage it and I wasn't effectively moving my pieces around, like my people and my team and all the stuff that I was supposed to be doing correctly, I wound up becoming a solopreneur again, right? I wound up being, you know, stranded on a life raft in the middle of the ocean. Um, and, and just like, well, I can't do this. Like this isn't going to work by myself. And I don't have the capital to bring anybody else on. I have no revenue coming in. And you know, I'm still in that growth stage where I'm trying to get out of startup. And so I moved out of that space. I went into something that 
was more grounded. It was more freelance oriented. It was something that I can personally do on my own. Um, and then I scaled that further. And that's kind of why I'm here again doing sales because, and I'd say this is the number one thing that, that made me make this decision. I stopped looking at what I was passionate about. I stopped looking at what I thought I could do or what I thought would be interesting or try to like reinvent the wheel. What I really did was just, I saw a gap in the marketplace. I saw it clear as day. And the moment that I saw it, I was like, that's what I have to do. I don't want to fight the marketplace. You're going to lose. It's a losing battle every time if you fight the marketplace. I have a skill that I know I can give to other people. I've done it before a thousand times over again. It's useful and, and people need it and I can provide it for them. And so it became very simple and I'm not having to chase people anymore because they need what I have and they come to me. And so instead of me having to arduously try to build something and, you know, this like the, the perfect mousetrap, like build it and they will come kind of attitude. It's just, I, I haven't even fully built out my business or fully transitioned and I'm already getting six figure contracts, right? It's like, that's the difference. And I can punch harder because I strategically partnered myself with businesses and with people that I, I believe in that are aligned with my goals and values with, you know, business empire financial, with Shannon Mavis, with you, with everything going on in my life, I've positioned myself in a way where, you know, I have the network that I can push people to wherever they need to go, which makes me seem bigger than I actually am. So that way I can be a solopreneur, but move like a, small to mid-sized business. Yeah, and I think that All also right. just to kind of go go back to oh sorry Shanna, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, go. No. <laughs> I was go ahead and go back say, to it. You know, part of that too, I think, is are you doing what you love? Like are you living in, in your superpower? So if you are, then it's okay. Well then what has to be the next shift for you to take your business to the next level right usually it's an internal shift it's a shift in discipline it's a shift in belief so if you're already doing what you love right really it's going into that next level of you that's where the shift needs to be so and only you can answer that question yeah i i, I um i disagree with the idea that you have to do the thing that you love i think it's the opposite i think that you fall in love with what you do through developing expertise um i think his name is mike rowe he did dirty. He was this. Uh, he did dirty jobs. That that show back in the day. He was like he would go to dirty jobs, and it was just like gross, like you know, septic tanks and you know, cleaning out the bottoms of people's houses, and it was just really gross jobs. And you know, he's campaigning against a lot of you know modern day, you know, dispelling some of the misconceptions about you know how to develop success and wealth in, in America. You know, we keep pushing kids to go to four year colleges and get degrees, and they're just they're just they're not succeeding because there's only so much space in that world. And there's all of these other jobs like craftsman's jobs and trades jobs that are not being fulfilled. And it's because everyone's like, Oh, that's not what I want to do with my life. But at the end of the day, it's like, I think we think about what we do the wrong way. Right. I never wanted to be into sales. That was never my intention. That was ever my direction. I just kind of had a gift of gab and I knew that if I wanted to be successful as an artist, I needed to learn how to sell my artwork. And so I got into sales and 
I wouldn't say it's like my passion or something I love, but I, I do thoroughly enjoy what I do. I get to talk to interesting people all the exactly. time. Exactly. Well, it, it makes me think about what a talented artist you are. You became such a talented artist because you were doing what you loved. Your passion was there. The discipline was there. You could sit there, my guess is four, five, six. I don't know how many hours you go. And it, and it goes by fast because you're doing what you love right and it's turned into other things but most people aren't doing that they're in the grind they haven't even put thought into it they just jumped into a career sorry Shannon. <laughs> go ahead no Shannon. no no it's totally it's fine. no no we need to let's keep going i but but i'm gonna say i think it's a hybrid right i love what i do and i knew but i knew that i was called to work with people because i agree with you daniel i was at different jobs and every job i went to I did a great job. I killed it because I loved going in there, learning new things. And, and the better I got at it, the more I loved what I did. Right. Um, and Jen um, asked a question on Instagram. She was asking me, am I a people pleaser? And um, at one point I would say, absolutely. Yes. I think now it's more of, I just have this love for people. So um, if I can do something that extends grace, that makes them feel um, more like who they were called to be, then absolutely, I'm going to do that. Um, not to my detriment, but um, to their benefit, right? So there's this balance that that I've found now. But I think um, back to what you were talking about, Daniel, yes, I think that it is good to fall in love with what you do and look at it differently and look at the opportunities that are afforded you. But I'm going to... Um, go with what Natalie was saying as well, because doing what you love, knowing that I can come into this space and work with people, work with business owners that are overwhelmed, that are you know struggling, to, that are trying to figure it out and I can walk alongside of them. I absolutely love that. And I know that that was the space that I'm supposed to be in and that, that I was called to and, and being able to do what I love makes it even better for me. So I didn't have to learn to love it. I now get the opportunity to go into it knowing that I love it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna well, hire. Part of the journey is learning what we love. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And, and how do you, how do you know what that is until you've trial and error it, right? Like exactly. Like compound ignorance. You don't know. You don't know. And so yeah. until until you experiment and try new things, like you'll never know what you actually love. You might be surprised to find that the thing you thought you loved isn't even the thing that you thought you loved. I, so we watched, um, before I say this next point, I feel like, Shannon, you tried really hard trying to be very cordial as to not use the term, I disagree with you. I think you were just <laughs> everything to not say, I disagree with you, which okay, I appreciate. Well, Daniel, first of all, you know, I would tell you if I disagreed with you, <laughs> I have no problems with that whatsoever. But I Fair didn't enough. disagree. I just agreed with Natalie more. <laughs> There's a word for that. It's called I disagreed with you. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. But any, anyway, anyway, so um, we do movie nights here with me and, the, and my wife and the kid. Every once in a while, we'll put on like a Disney or a Pixar film. And there's one film that I really like, I really thoroughly enjoyed. There's actually a lot of adult themes to it. It's called Soul. And it's about a um, you know a failed jazz artist who passes away and um, tries to get back to his body because he was just about to get his big break and kind of you know spoiler alert the the catharsis or the you know 
the moral of the story is that the thing that gave him his spark, the thing that was, you know, that, that gives people their spark in reality is not about any singular passion. Like, oh, I want to be an NBA player. Oh, I want to be a, you know, um, um, a, a jazz musician. I want to be an artist, right? Like that's not really the purpose of your life. It's a stepping stone to all of these other things. And it's the more mundane things. It's the small things. It's the noticing the, the color of the leaves on the tree outside. It's the, the, the tasting, like really taking a second to taste the coffee you're drinking, right? It's these small things, these, what we consider mundane, you know, that's just like plain old living is actually the culmination of what gives your life purpose. It's never a singular thing because we're not singular creatures. And so a lot of times what winds up happening and this kind of comes all the way, you know, full circle back to the idea of success is what we perceive as success is a pitfall, right? It is a lack of experience and scope and in perceiving reality. And we put very limiting beliefs on what we think is success. You said up early, I forget it was you, Natalie, or you, Shannon, that was talking about the number that, that people usually have in their head of what success is to them is much lower than is actually achievable, right? It's a lot easier to get to that number than you realize because you're just thinking about it the wrong way. And so it's that idea of abundance rather than scarcity. Um, and it also comes back to what I was saying about like not making decisions out of fear, but making them out of, it's just the next decision to make and a long line of decisions I'm going to inevitably make to get to where I'm going. Um, the target is ever moving. It's not a fixed place, unfortunately. And that, that frustrates people because they think they can make that vision statement that we were talking about that was oh so important to developing a business and think that that position, that, that vision is a stake in the ground at the top of the mountain. But it's not. It's a moving target. It's always moving. As you're learning and experiencing more, you're realizing that that goal you set is either too small, it's in the wrong place, it's not aligned with exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And as you grow and evolve and get better at interacting and engaging and navigating reality and the roles that you put more of them, let's not forget that. (laughs) Exactly. Your goals are going to change. They're going to change and you're going to change. And so everything we're talking about is always in flux, which is why it's so difficult to give people concrete definitions of this is how you get where you want to go. It's like, well, I'm not in your head. I don't know how you're going to change three days from now, let alone three, 40, you know, 30, 40 years from now. So, you know, what are we actually talking about? And, and that's why when you ask the question, like, you know, what, how is it, how, what does success look like? How do you attain success as an entrepreneur? It's like, it's a loaded question because yeah. for some people, especially the, the, some people that are hyper wealthy, like billionaire status, they're miserable. And their goals change. And if they could give all their money away to go back in time to restart, they might actually do it. Who knows? And so it's like, be careful of your perceptions. (laughs) Yeah, you might um, be driving a nice car with a Coke addiction and a girlfriend who's cheating on you with your best friend. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's more about, hey, be careful of envy. envying the person next to you because you have no idea who they are and how they got there and, and what their life is because of it. Exactly. People think they want to be Elon Musk. I'm like, do you really want to be Elon Musk? Do you really think about what his day to day has to be like? And then tell me you want that, that pressure. 
SpaceX, you know, Twitter. He's talking about buying Disney now. Multiple, Tesla. Multiple I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. Kids that don't like him. Racist comments. You know, all of those things. Yeah, well, I mean, he's just setting up franchises now. Yeah. Like family. Like, I just feel like he's just setting up franchises. Yeah. He's trying to repopulate the world single-handedly. <laughs> Okay, so we've got Fitzroy here. We're going to jump over to him in a little bit. But I guess I want to know if you can um, share some practical strategies for entrepreneurs that will, I guess, as we think about, um, you know, we've said define what success means, understand the goals, have vision. But are there any practical strategies that you want to share with our audience um, as they think about what this really means and starting to establish a vision um, for their company and their, their lives really. Yeah. Um, one that's always benefited me, uh, in a practical, like mantra, motto, way of looking at it, um, that can be, could be implemented pretty easily is if your goals don't scare the shit out of you, they're not big enough. If your goals are not terrifying and you feel that you can accomplish them within your lifetime, they're not big enough. And the reason why I say that is because we're not, again, that whole idea, it's not a fixed point. Success isn't, I accomplished it and now I'm here. We, without a goal to attack, without something to strive for, we are goal-oriented creatures there's no dopamine. There's no, there's no get up enthusiasm. Oh, I got to go do this. I got to go do that. You lose all motivation if you don't have a goal. And so that's why a lot of my goals that I have far exceed my lifetime because like the, the point isn't to accomplish them. The point is to strive to be better every day. So I think that for me is the number one thing. It'll keep you grounded and it'll give you a vision for your future automatically. And even if it's in the wrong direction, at least you're striving for something and you'll have resources to course correct if you need to, because you're going to, let's just face it. You're going to change. You're going to change course. You're going to find something else. You're going to, obstacles are going to, are going to, you know, move you around and, and, and you got to learn how to navigate that. So I think that would be the number one thing I'd leave people with is to make sure your goals are scary as hell. Um, and it will also, this, this is the other thing it'll do for you if you have a team it will automatically uh, accommodate your team as well. Perfect. All right. Awesome. I agree with you. (laughs) Yes. That's all I wanted. That's all I need. I've, you know what? I need to set bigger goals, Shanna, because my only goal here was to get you to agree with me. There you go. All right. It is time for It's Your Boy, Fitzroy. Let's see what he has in store for us tonight. We missed him last week. Fitzroy. Hey, what's Boy, going on? I don't think on? I wasn't on your Instagram after I saw you at WW, uh, at the wrestling match. I was like, mm-hmm. that's really why he wasn't on the show last week. He was at wrestling match. <laughs> I mean, that was on a Monday, but (laughs) okay. So I'm going to give you guys two guesses each. We're going to guess what. So when it comes to small businesses, food trucks is a very profitable kind of a small business. So my question to you guys 
Can you guess the top five most profitable food truck foods? Tacos. Oh, oh. wait, two, two guesses each. Do you want fruit. to give tacos for okay. your one? Two guesses each. Okay, two guesses two each. Guesses for the three of you. Tacos so and between fruit. the three of you, you got to guess the top five. Okay. I'm going to say barbecue. Ice cream's got to be up there, right? I, I, well, that's... <laughs> He's not going to tell us until we give him two guesses each, I guess. So No, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm just adding to <laughs> what we're talking about. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I know. I want us all to be able to guess together, but Fitzroy likes to set his own rules. Um, okay. So, Natalie, you said tacos? Yes. And did you did you have a second guess? Yeah, the fruit trucks. Does that count? Okay. Like when you go and they cut the fruit? Yeah. Those are my two. Okay, right. I, we do that probably once a week. <laughs> and I feel like this may be regional. Um, okay, but I'm going to go with barbecue. And then um, because one of my favorite food trucks here is a sliders food truck. Mm. I'm going to go with that. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go with ice cream and gyro. Okay. A gyro. A gyro. <laughs> Sorry, my wife's Greek. It's gyro. It's gyro. Yeah, yeah. That's how you say it. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Feel good about this. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so the top five, number five is Indian street food. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I know. I yeah. know. Yeah. Number four is actually pretty weird. Mac and cheese. I didn't even know there was mac and cheese food truck foods, but apparently yeah. people are cleaning up with mac and cheese. Yeah. Uh, number three that. is gourmet burgers, but I'll give you sliders. Okay. Burgers. Okay. Good. Okay. good. All right. All right. Because they were uh, gourmet sliders. I just want to say that. <laughs> so they were gourmet. So, yep. I got it. All right. <laughs> number two is just Mexican food. So I guess yeah. tacos work. Tacos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And number one, oddly enough, and I think it's just because it's cheap to make, grilled cheese sandwiches. You guys ever been to a grilled cheese sandwich so, food truck? Full on, like, I'm taking over. I call BS that ice cream wasn't on there. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm done. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> How is ice cream not on there? Dessert trucks aren't on there? They're not. Not on the top five. In what uh, year? In what year? Let's. Was that like this was for this was for 2023? I'm still gonna say, yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I've had a grilled cheese from a food truck. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Natalie. It was a part of the problem. You're the reason we lost this game because you ate a grilled cheese sandwich from a food truck, and that ranked them higher. <laughs> uh, no, that makes it well. Kids like grilled cheese sandwiches. Uh, I personally think that and mac and cheese are gross, and um, <laughs> be even anywhere in a food truck. But fine, I agree. Um, I agree as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they must okay. be taking into account the fares. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, maybe. Because, yeah, food trucks are at a lot of fairs. but I mean, I, well, I don't know. They may have fried Oreos and stuff like that if it was those things. Yeah, that's exactly what I go to, dessert stuff, like like yeah. funnel cakes and, and, and fried Oreos and ice cream and stuff. I'm like, they're everywhere. 
How is but that this, not this was the most honorable. profitable, so maybe it's because oh, uh, profit, profit margins. Profitable. Yeah, the margins. Oh, yeah. On okay. Cheese I guess sandwich I is probably paid attention to the question. <laughs> yeah, we all missed it. We were. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't think it was popular. I'm like, who doesn't get tacos? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I he, he didn't say most popular. He said most profitable. That is yeah, true. He that did. is true. Yeah. Cheese <laughs> so, sandwich okay. is pretty cheap. Pretty cheap yeah. to make. Yeah, All right. big time. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Shame right. on us. Good, good Three All experts right. talking to people about how to build their businesses. We can't even follow simple directions. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. So Just true. undermine ourselves completely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, don't beat yourself up, sir. Don't beat yourself up. They're just excited because Fitzroy has... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He, comes with, he comes in hot. He comes in with the questions. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for joining us and sharing your yes. experience and your wisdom with us. Fitzroy, thank you for jumping on and sharing excitement with us week after week. We always love having you. And um, yeah. yeah. All right. I'm All right. Gonna let we'll you guys go. go. All right. All right. Shannon, you're going to go into grants? Yeah, I'm going to. Okay, let me share my screen so I can talk about the grant tonight. It expires tomorrow. So be aware of that. You can go to helloalice.com and find this, but it is the Boss Impact Fund, Boss Network. Um, they are in 2024 going to give away $250,000. They've already given away $700,000. they have got a three-year commitment of $1.5 million dollars. Their preference, so if you're a, um African-American woman, a Black woman-led business, that's where the preference is going to go because of the, um, just the disparity in how much funding gets to, you know, the Black community and women in general. But um, you've got until tomorrow, 5 p.m. It says Eastern here. I've seen two different things. So just get it done tonight um, is my best um, advice for you. They opened it up, just found out about it, but I want to make sure, be a for-profit company, Black woman-owned founder, have a demonstrated need for funds. So that's where we get into when we had that conversation with Natalie Poindexter, and she was talking about it. Really know what you're going to use those funds for. Be able to tell them, if you were granted any amount of money, how you're going to use those funds. And your business needs to be based in the US. So you can go to bossimpactfund.com, helloalice.com, or even um, Sage um, Grant Program. You can go there and look up the information, but do it tonight if you qualify. And then Hello Alice has another grant that's expiring next month, I think. But we'll share more about that next week. Awesome, that's amazing. They've, they're giving away $700,000. They've given away $700,000 wow. already. This year, I think when I was reading more into it, it was $250,000 is what they're committing to giving away this year. So that's a significant you know, change for someone's business. And it comes with like mentorship opportunities and um, uh, everything that you need in order to use the money wisely, right? So it's not just right. about giving you cash, you know, as we've talked about. What else do you need? What else can um, what else will help you build your successful business so that you get in a position where you can hopefully help someone else? Yes, 
And we are putting ourselves in position to do that. Of course, obviously, when I heard you talk about Sage, I'm like, that can be us, Shanna. So <laughs> I'm just so excited about all, all the awesome things that we have going on and continuing. We're continuing to grow and get better, just like we talked about during our show. So I want to ask you guys, if you haven't uh, liked, shared, subscribed to our YouTube channel, please make sure you do that. We could really use your support um, as we're moving into the grant space and giveaways for you guys. We're going to be giving away lots and lots and lots and lots of money. You know, Shannon and I were just thinking about really what do we love so much about spending time with you guys? We'd love to give you resources. We'd love to help you grow your business. We'd love to see you win. It brings us so much fulfillment. It's like everything, how excited that gets us. So make sure you subscribe to our Instagram broadcast channel. I put the link in the chat. Our YouTube channel are both in there as well. In that Instagram broadcast channel, eventually you are going to have to pay to be part of it. Right now, it is a free subscription. You'll get free goodies in there every week. So uh, subscribe to that channel. Last week, we had your free resource for Google to have a banging Google business page. Everyone who saw that should have had their VA go through that or their assistant go through that course and update their Google profile, right? Of another freebie in there for you tonight. We'll also have all the grant information in there for you. And it also gives you a ways to... Um, you know, have more conversations with Shanna or myself. If you want to, you can reach out with questions. Our goal is to help empower you to better your business week after week with the resources that will help you to do so. So help us grow our community. The bigger our community is, the more resources we have to give away and grow. Uh, we have an awesome giveaway that will be starting next week. We're going to announce it. If you are subscribed to our broadcast channel, you will know about it in advance. It's going to be a fun one. Shanna and I are super excited to give this to you guys. So make sure you go over there and join that broadcast channel and subscribe to our YouTube. We did have someone ask in um, on Instagram, will we share the link for the grant? Absolutely. We will absolutely share that link. Um, I'll try and remember to do it, but if not, I know that um, we will put it in our broadcast channel, right? Yes, they'll be in the broadcast channel. Right, we want to try to build up that community. <laughs> I was like, Can you hear me? Really? Yes, we're really working on building up that community. Not everyone's going to have access to that, obviously. At some point, it's going to be where people are going to have to pay to come in. So right now, as we're building the community, we figure it's all of our good, close friends and family, the time that have spent the last three years with us, which we didn't even talk about last week, Shannon, that it was our three-year anniversary, which is so exciting. Hi. Right. We just thank you guys so much for all your support, all the experts that have showed up and just helped better the community. And it's just been such a great time. Even I think about I was thinking about what all the reasons why I love the show today. And a big part of it is just all the experts that we've had on the show and all the wisdom that they've brought and how it's helped me in my own life and in my business. And I just feel so lucky to have that. Um, and we want to pay it forward to our community. So make sure that you subscribe to that channel. Yeah, that is something that um, I tell people, I learn something every week, but I don't learn it just for me. I get the opportunity to share it with, with other people that I know, because without fail, um, you know, a lot of my circle, business owners or aspiring business owners, but outside of that, just um, practical knowledge and, and being able to share some of the stories, it's so encouraging for people to know um, even know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who made it right. <laughs> so it, it there's there's hope. It provides that hope, and that's what we want every business owner to have. It is a lot of work to build a business, and it's not for the faint of heart, and it's not for everyone. Um, but if you know a business owner, just give them that support. Give them that understanding. It may not be your path. 
but um, it's definitely theirs. So it's just like, it gives a broader understanding. So I absolutely love being able to be a part of that and um, bringing on different experts and hearing their perspectives. And I think for me tonight with Daniel, one of the the, the takeaways, I really loved um, every time anyone talks about vision, but that for me was one of the key takeaways was start with your vision. You know, just know where you're trying to take your company because then people like me, people like Natalie, um, people in your own circle, your family, your friends, they'll have an easier time coming alongside of you because they'll be able to catch that vision. What about you? Um, yeah, that was probably one of them. And then just taking the time, you know, he talked a lot about more the vision and the getting to where you want to go. Well, I just kept thinking navigation, right? We need to know where we want to go. And then we have the route to get there, but you have to know where you want to go first. So that was one of the biggest ones for me is, you know, are you clear on where you want to go, where you want to end up? So we are, <laughs> we are, we are. We're excited about this season with you guys. So thank you everyone to joined us. Thank you for those who are on the podcast and joining us on the replay. Again, make sure you go subscribe to that broadcast channel. We're going to be dropping some goodies in there for you tonight. Have a great week, everyone. Do something that will help you better your business and we will see you soon. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now.